When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. On VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line on a football Friday going three wide here with Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at the Circle Resort and Casino, and of course, Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the NFL, former first-round pick, and a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes in the early 90s. Gentlemen... We're on to week number three in the NFL. This is a big football Friday. Not only are we going to be getting into the NFL, college football, massive weekend in college football. Tomorrow's slate is fantastic. If you have any plans, cancel them now because college football is going to be ruling the day all Saturday. I have a Heisman bet that I want to talk about with you guys here. We can talk some national titles, futures, but we'll obviously start with the Thursday night football game that we saw last night. San Francisco covering as 10.5 point favorites. Game goes under the total. Niners win at 30-12. to 12. What stood out when you guys watched Thursday night football last night in the Bay Area? I don't know if anything was surprising. Um, Giants aren't going to be able to run the ball. Giants aren't really going to be able to protect Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones really can't make enough plays with his arm to beat San Francisco. He's got some mobility with his feet. Um, I thought the Giants defense had a gutty effort. I mean, the Mm -hmm. problem was they couldn't get off the field on third down. But on first and second down, they were awful good. San Francisco really didn't stay ahead of the chains. No. They played well enough to cover 11. It didn't happen. They couldn't get, get over the hump there. I don't know if we really learned much other than that the Giants is confirmed are much better than what they showed on opening night against Dallas. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I mean, I, I think the Giants offensively certainly limited without Saquon. Um, you could take advantage of that. And then Wink defensively, <laughs> he is so predictable mm-hmm. or or Kyle is that good because the window dressing he did for Purdy on the passing game and certainly the running game takes over. But the passing game, the window dressing, I mean, how many times have you seen San Francisco just spread him out, right? But that's window dressing to create a look because he knows Wink's going to bring some pressure from somewhere. And I got matchups all over the place. It was an easy game for San Francisco. It really was. I thought the Giants ran out of gas, too. But from a strategy standpoint, Kyle is on top of his game right now. 
uh, especially with all the players that he has, all the pieces that he has. Uh, and then I, I, I like the personnel for the Giants, but but Wink, he's he's beyond predictable right now. Uh, and that, that's troublesome, uh, especially when offense is not in gear for the Giants. To your point, Pritch, talk about being predictable. Wink Martindale, he's known for blitzing. Right. Last night, the Giants blitzed Brock Purdy on 33 of his <laughs> 39 dropbacks, according to Next Gen Stats. Purdy was terrific in those attempts there, 24, 247 yards, I should say, of mm. his 310 on those plays where he was blitzed right. by Wink Martindale's defense. I'll give you a great example. The touchdown, the Debo, the, the pass. Uh, Brock did, he just looked up. He just threw the ball up, right, because he had one-on-one. You know it's a, a like a, an all-out pressure blitz, that situation. Did you see how far the corner was inside? Mm-hmm. And the reason why he ran a stutter go was because the corner was going to squat. Because that's what Wink teaches you, that the pressure is going to get there. But if you prepared for that, that's what happens. You prepared, you get enough protection, Brock just throw it to a spot, Devo, go get the ball. I mean, it's, it, he had so much room to work with to that side of the field but it all goes back to planning and it all goes back to being predictable. And I don't know if that's because the Giants really don't have a lot of personnel to be less predictable or if it's because Wink is just predictable at this point in his career. How would you handle the defense? I mean, there's there's a lot of nuance, right, to what right. you're saying. But right. you still have a second-year quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're trying to put him in some spots to make mistakes. He's not particularly mobile. He's a right. little bit nifty, but not particularly mobile. They were able to sack him a couple times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you make an effort. And, you know, there were other passes than that. I mean, when they're blitzing him, he's just throwing it up there right. to get rid of the ball because he knows he's got a guy in space mm-hmm. and hopes it's close enough that he can catch it. Yeah, he had two <laughs> touchdown passes because of leverage. One to Debo and then the other one to Bell, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, where he threw it to a spot because of leverage. Uh, you know, the thing is about blitzing, we had this saying back in the day in North Las Vegas, in the hood, in the hood. <laughs> Talk to me. Don't, don't, out, don't, don't try to out-scheme a schemer. And some of the women we used to call schemers because so, they used to have some, they ran some games on us, right? You know, so don't try to out-scheme a schemer. Uh, and the thing about Kyle is you can pressure Brock, but what is Kyle going to do? He's going to counter that with spread out formations. He's going to counter that. Say, I'm going to paint an easy picture for you, Brock, uh, in the passing game. And so he takes advantage of that. I think if, if you're wink, you got to be ahead of uh, Kyle in, in regards to, yeah, you would like to bring pressure, but maybe you should zone it up. Maybe you should try to get your rush there. Maybe you should try to keep Brock in the pocket and make him move his feet a little bit more, right? Uh, so, but if you are so beholden to what you want to do all the time, you become more and more predictable. And, and I mean, another saying, Mike and Femi, I mean, Kyle was in Wink's kitchen sitting at the table comfortably mm. eating his food from the refrigerator. Mm. That's how comfortable he was calling plays. You watch that, right? Kyle is just sitting there calling plays left and right. Uh, and when you, when you have that type of confidence and, and when you are in that type of command uh, as a play caller, your team is going to play with that level of confidence as well. And that showed up in the box score from last night's game. We saw the 49ers 441 yards of total offense. The Giants 150 yards. Get this. The Giants had 150 yards, like I mentioned. On the other side, the Niners had 201 yards after the catch. So they had more yak yards than the Giants had total yards last night there. And I think to your point that you're bringing up here, Pritch, is that 
Kyle sort of made the adjustment mid-game because I think in those first couple of quarters, we saw that blitz that Wink Martindale was giving Brock Purdy, and Purdy was a little shaky. He was off, especially on that first drive, where I think he threw about three interceptable passes en route to then kicking the field goal, and then Shanahan sort of said, all right, let's get the ball out hot. Let's get the ball to Debo. Let's make those DBs make tackles, and you want to talk about business decisions. Those guys didn't look like they wanted to tackle (laughs) Debo Samuel all night long, and credit to Kyle Shanahan for making those adjustments and making life easier for his quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to, uh, I don't really look at a ton of metrics, but one of the uh, stats that I do look at is play selection uh, when it comes to an identity of a football team. And and in the National Football League, 60-40 pass-run ratio is balanced. Right now, San Francisco is at 51-49 run-pass ratio. I mean, if they can run the ball like this and then have a passing game that uh, makes it easy for Brock, who's going to stop this team? Especially with that defense. So, uh, the, the way to beat San Francisco obviously is to get to the running game and stop the running game and try to slow them down. But nobody's been able to do that. I mean, they are operating with their core plays and getting chunk yards uh, just with their core plays. Purdy still hasn't lost a game. I mean, I know, he got hurt in the first quarter of the <laughs> NFC Championship. Right. Right. I mean, right. They've, they've won 13 in a row regular season games. Yeah. It, it goes under the radar because they got blown out by Philadelphia. As a wide receiver, Pritch, did you want defenses to blitz your quarterback? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of times you're one on one uh, and all I got to do is beat my man. I mean, the zone coverages is where it gets confusing for receivers uh, and dangerous <laughs> because if you think it's man, all of a sudden it's zone. If you keep running, you're going to run into somebody. Uh, if you don't read the zone correctly and you run the wrong route. OK, now my quarterback's in trouble. Right. So uh, zone coverage is really and you can disguise so much more with zone with man. Y- you have to declare it right away. And especially if you're blitzing like that. Uh, the inside technique and all this stuff. I mean, there's so many variations of off the routes that we can run, whether it's a hot route or not, uh, whether we think we could uh, scat protection, which is releasing five, and you think that we're going to keep protection in, uh, max protects, if you will. And so uh, you expose yourself. Aaron Glenn ran into that issue last year with Detroit, mm. and he's more conservative as a defensive play caller now uh, in terms of more zone coverages and, and taking chances that way and letting your, your front uh, dictate the pace at the line of scrimmage. But with Wink, I, I think it's a combination of he's so set in his ways as a defense coordinator, and I don't know if they are all the way there with their personnel defensively yet. The 49ers have now won 13 straight regular season games. They've yet to lose ever since they made the Christian McCaffrey yeah. trade mm-hmm. way back last October there. They've been reeling off all these victories, only loss, of course, coming in the NFC title game. Mike, they are now plus 650 over at DraftKings, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Are they the justified favorite best team in the NFL in your eyes after what you've seen through three weeks? Well, I mean, we talked about how good the AFC was, um, but Burrow's 0-2 and still maybe not all the way healthy. Mm-hmm. Cleveland loses Chubb. I think that has a tremendous impact on their season. I, I'm a little concerned with my over nine and a half ticket right now. I thought he was the best running back uh, yeah. in the in the game at the time, uh, even better than than Henry. Um, you could argue Miami's played the best, but Miami has their limitations as well. Um, Dallas loses Tray, Trayvon Diggs. I think that's a key play now when we talk about the future of the NFC and the path to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia hasn't played a great game yet, yet they're 2-0. I mean, they're still the defending champs. And all those losses of seven starters and their two coordinators, that effect will be lessened as the season goes along and they get more cohesive, right? So I, I said I was surprised that San Francisco actually closed the favorite to win the NFC at Circa when we kicked off the NFL. I thought Philadelphia still deserved to be the favorite. I think right now that that betting was right. San Francisco mm-hmm. is... is 
to me, clearly the best team in the NFL right now. That's not to say in four months they will be. Yeah, you know, there was a little bit of complacency I thought was setting in because they took so long for Bosa to sign. I'm like, what are they waiting for? Uh, But once they got him signed, um, that's a complete football team. That's a Super Bowl roster. Uh, And you have the pedigree of Kyle who is talking to his dad all the time. Mike Mike Mm -hmm. Shanahan is involved with this team. Whether you guys, as we understand, Mike Shanahan is involved with this team. He was sitting up there like he was evaluating. Yes, he is involved with this team. I was looking for the glass of red wine. I didn't show the glass of, the no. glass of red you wine. Drink when you're right. And so Kyle wants, Kyle, Kyle wants the Super Bowl so bad. But uh, no, Mike is involved with this team in a significant way. So understand that along with the plus 650 right now if you want to mm-hmm. if you want to do that because I, I i take that price to be honest with you with the 49ers it's the best football team it's the best roster uh in the national football league and if they stay healthy they're going to get better each and every week yeah and they did a lot of this last night obviously they did all of it last night without brandon Ayuk, yeah. who in my opinion i think is like their best pure wide receiver mm-hmm. debo awesome wide receiver awesome gadget player but Ayuk's the wide receiver one here for the 49ers get this as we head to break here i'll leave you guys with this note we all know the critically acclaimed movie 80 for brady but how about 30 for purdy the niners <laughs> in this three and no start have scored 30 points exactly in all three of these games they're the third team in nfl history to start three and no and score the same number of points in each of those wins the other two the 1936 then pittsburgh pirates now the pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> and then the 2000 new england 2007 new england patriots who went ahead and won every single game except for the last one but we don't need to rehash that stuff that's old talk we'll talk about some other nfl news and notes and start to preview sunday slate here in week three this is the lombardi line witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Yeah. 
This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Put the VEASAN experts to work for you this football season and start betting smarter with the VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up now and save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription when you use promo code Lombardi. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember to use promo code Lombardi to save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription today. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. It's a football Friday here on the Lombardi line. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino. We do have some big news, though, with a couple of rookie signal callers, both guys being ruled out. Now, this is unfortunate. Obviously, the injuries have hit this rookie class, but here we are. With the first one being Anthony Richardson in the concussion protocol has been ruled out for Sunday's game when the Indianapolis Colts take on the Baltimore Ravens. Right now, I'm looking at the line Ravens, eight-point favorites, total 44. Then in the afternoon slate, Bryce Young, who's dealing with an ankle injury, has been ruled out by Frank Reich. It will be Andy Dalton Mm -hmm. getting the start at quarterback for the Panthers. That line has actually moved in favor of Carolina, Mm -hmm. despite (laughs) Bryce Young not playing in that game. Panthers now down to five and a half point underdogs. They were as high as six and a half point underdogs earlier this week. That total is 40. Clearly, the betting market thinks that the bigger impact is... uh, Andy Dalton now stepping in for Bryce Young. What do you guys think of these rookie QBs who will be on the sidelines come Sunday? Well, I think that's true if you terms of the team's chances to win. Obviously, um, Richardson is playing better um, than Young. The, the NFC South is very interesting. It's like you're going to see the same game every time these teams play each other, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. It's be yeah. running, throw the ball a few times, try yeah. to play defense and win close games. I'm really disappointed in Carr. I, I mean, Carr just he's no good in the red zone. He can't Mm -hmm. make, you know, New Orleans should have won that game very handily, I thought, on Monday night, but he just can't make enough plays. Uh, So it's an interesting division. Atlanta, the more I watch, the more intriguing Atlanta becomes. Because he has so much talent around Ritter. You talk about Yak with San Francisco. I think the second best team at that might be Atlanta. He throws the ball to these guys. They make people miss. I think Atlanta's going to be a really tough out in the South. Yeah, I believe it. I, I believe so, too. And they're comfortable going to another indoor arena and all this stuff yeah. on the road. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to say about Atlanta. Um, but these rookie quarterbacks, you know, it's, it's fascinating. Um, I, I'd be careful with the line with Baltimore and Indy. Mm. Because Gardner Minshew's been around, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Anthony Richardson, he has not hit his stride yet, even though there's signs that he's going to be really, really good. Uh, but that team didn't miss a beat. And, and the Colts, they are veteran laden, too. That defense. And then you got a number of injuries for the Baltimore Ravens, too, as well. So uh, I, I like the points, to be honest with you, in this game. I just did a, a radio hit in Iowa that I do before the show every week. And they always ask me, what's the team that's going to have the most survivor entries that loses? Right. And last week mm-hmm. I said the Giants because I didn't like that spot. Yeah. I said Baltimore this week. I think yeah. this is a very tricky spot for them. You come off a huge win on the road in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. a huge high. Revenge looked great. Yeah. Indianapolis is very competent. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that was built to win. Right. Right. And they haven't been able to put together a quarterback situation. And Wentz mm-hmm. was a failure. I mean, Rivers was actually at the end of Rivers' career was the best they were. You know, if they if he doesn't chase the points in Buffalo on the missed extra point, they might have won that game. And it's a whole different story, though. I think this is a, a tricky spot 
for Baltimore. Yeah, there's uh, a, yeah, there's a lot I, of substance. I love the points, mm-hmm. and I think that Indianapolis has a shot to win this game. Ooh. Yeah, see that? <laughs> see that, fam? I mean, I like, I like it. it. I like there's it. a lot I of do. substance with Indy yeah. because of the offensive line. They had a horrible year last year. Uh, and now you got Gardner Minshew. Now, again, as far as the dynamic of the offense, it's going to change. But Shane Steichen's more than capable of understanding who he has and what he has. Uh, but defensively, with Gus Bradley, I mean, that defense is not bad. It's not horrible. Uh, and then you still have the Ravens without Odell Beckham, without these guys, and they're still working through some things, right? And uh, I, I think defensively, the Ravens are banged up too. Now, uh, I, I love the points from a survivor standpoint. I entertained that too. I looked at it. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think probably that's what swayed my decision to go with what I want to go with uh, in terms of survivor. But uh, no, I think, uh, I think Indy's live here. Okay, well, Indy right now on the money line is around three to one for those who are interested and agree with the analysis here. Plus eight is the consensus price right now. And to your point for Gardner Minshew, he's started 24 games. He's played in 34 games. So like this is not like a random guy being thrown into a, to a situation Like he's well prepared. And, and you know that he's been working hard at it here. And he also has experience with Shane Steichen going back to their time both in Philadelphia last season. Gardner Minshew starting a couple games last year for the Eagles when Jalen Hurts went down near the end of the season. So, yeah, it's not going to be. If, if the if the Colts lose this game and then they get blown out, it's not because Minshew wasn't prepared or anything like that. But uh, I do think that it's it's a spot to stay away if you're looking to play the Ravens and Survivor. I mean, famous last words. I got knocked out last year so, or last week, I should say. So <laughs> how much advice should I be giving in Survivor? But I do think with the injuries that Baltimore has on the offensive line and in the secondary, maybe this is sort of a sleepy spot against a non-division opponent here at home. If I'd have told you last week, Femi, that Tucker would miss a kick and they'd give up a punt return touchdown, you would have thought you had no chance like, of getting knocked crack, out of survival. Crack the code. That's right. <laughs> they never do. Two things happen, yeah. and they still won that game. Yeah, yeah. That red zone pick from Burrow, yeah. though, that yeah. changed everything in that game. Yeah. It, it changed everything, yeah. unfortunately, and then uh, the, the dream will have to be put on hold until next year. Good luck to everyone else that's still in this thing. Uh, but yesterday, we also did get the unfortunate news for Dallas Cowboys fans, mm. Dallas Cowboys betters, and even football fans in general. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, a Pro Bowl cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, suffering a torn ACL during a one-on-one drill at practice yesterday out for the season. This week, I don't think it's going to impact anything. In fact, it didn't impact the point spread at all. Cowboys are still 12.5-point road favorites in Arizona. However, from a season-long perspective, how does this impact America's team? I think it, it impacts them when they have to go up against decent decent teams that can pass the ball and can and like San Francisco in two weeks. That's going to put them in a tough spot. It's going to put them in a tough spot against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I just, I think they were getting close. And I always take you have to see it to believe it approach with them because it hasn't been since 95 and they failed in the playoffs, whether at home or on the road. And it's just over and over and over again. Um, you know, Sauce is supposed to pick, that's supposed to be a pick six yeah. Uh, yeah. last week. And that's a different game right. if, if he hangs on to that ball. I mean, you, it, it Let's let's not, you know, get too excited about the win last week because they're playing against uh, a quarterback that really probably shouldn't be a starting quarterback. Uh, give them credit. I mean, McCar- I think McCarthy's done a good job as a play caller. Mm-hmm. I think he, he knows what he wants to do. He's run the football to mm-hmm. talk about balance. Right. He's run the ball effectively and, and, you know, not taking a lot of chances in these games. But when you talk about having to beat the elite teams in the NFC, I think Diggs is just another one of those guys that makes their defense so good because the ability to take the ball away and um, they're going to miss him when it comes crunch time. Yeah, the top teams rushing the football in terms of percentage, you got Atlanta, Baltimore, Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco, and all those teams are winning, right? Um, 
The thing about Dallas to me is about their front because the front makes the back end so much their job a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they can sit on stuff. They can calculate. They can drive on on passes. They can uh, take a little bit more chances. Um, I, the front protects a lot. It, now, if Dallas were to lose somebody from that defensive front, somebody significant, now they are completely compromised. They're now no longer, in my estimation. Uh, one of those teams that can compete with those elite teams from a home field advantage standpoint. We were talking about this off air. Uh, I think Dallas inside the building, uh, they're already talking about, we, we got to get home field advantage. We got to get home field advantage. Mm-hmm. That, that's our road uh, to a Super Bowl. Uh, but I, I think the front can still protect them even without digs. Uh, but to Mike's point, I mean, you get up that matchup against San Francisco, that's going to be a matchup game. Uh, and, and so, you know, maybe who's ever stepping in for, for Diggs. Uh, you know, this one game is going to give them enough experience here, but we'll see. Uh, but right now, yeah, they, they have enough, certainly, to contend with who they're dealing with this week. Yeah. But but a couple weeks down the road and certainly later on in the season, uh, we'll, we'll see if there's going to be impact on that defense, though. Yeah, well, I think for the Cowboys, it's almost like, thank goodness that we made the trade for Stephon Gilmore right. this offseason. Because if you didn't make that trade and then you have Diggs hurt, I mean, mm-hmm. at that point, you're looking at a secondary that is in a world of hurt. And mm-hmm. it's going to be guys like Deron Bland who go ahead and step up. And then now Jordan Lewis, who they just got back off of the pup list, is now going to be go ahead and stepping into that slot corner role. But it is a big blow because Trayvon Diggs is probably one of the seven best players on the Dallas Cowboys. And now he's uh, done for the season. So we'll see how Dan Quinn, who has worked wonders with this defense over the last few years we'll see that now he's really got his work cut out for him to go ahead and try to replace this guy especially when they play the other contending teams in the nfc so the cowboys right now six to one or sorry no that's that's to miss the playoffs uh, <laughs> they're plus 105 for the division plus 350 to win the conference plus 750 to go ahead and win the super bowl but we're still a long ways from that cowboys of course 12 and a half point favorites against the arizona cardinals um we're going to start talking some college football in the next segment. I'm excited for this one because we do have a lot of great games. Ohio State, Notre Dame, you're fighting Irish. I know you're excited. Who, who are we leading with? Colorado? Of course, we're leading with the Buffs. Okay. We're leading with the Buffs. I just want to, I want, I want to know. I want to know because Notre Dame, we could lead with Notre <laughs> no, Dame. It's, 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 a top, it's a top 10 matchup. Between Ohio State and Notre Dame, it's top 10 matchup. But we know the highest handle, and correct me if I'm wrong, highest handle, Oregon, Colorado. Yeah, it's going to be more than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So but, we will talk but, about but that coming up. It's all events. Oregon. Let, let's not be yeah. fooled here. 19 yeah. now up to 22. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Maybe the Buff Noon kickoff comes to an end tomorrow. Yeah. We'll discuss it next year on the Lombardi line. Rolling along on this football Friday. <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better better? Of course you are. And tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L, in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It's a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your favorite sports betting accounts into one app, loads all of your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly $1 billion in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. Use that data to follow the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool Juice Reel. That's juice, like orange juice, real, R-E-E-L. It's absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better better. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line hanging out on a football Friday. Three wide coming at you from the Circle Resort and Casino. That is Mike Pritchard on the far end. Mike Palm in the middle. Femi Abebefe here right now on the left side for you viewing audience. But let's talk a little bit of college football. And let's talk about Pritch's Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes. 3-0. We were up late last night, Saturday night, or I should say late Saturday night, watching that game against Colorado State. An emotional game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a comfort behind victory for the Buffs there. Didn't cover, but they did move to 3-0. and Now... It gets a little bit more difficult going to Autzen Stadium to face the Oregon Ducks. Oregon, 21-point favorites. The consensus number total sitting at 70. Pritch, can your buffs hang with the Ducks Saturday afternoon? Of course they can. Um, You know, last week I was warning everybody about laying it in that game, that Mm -hmm. rivalry game. Uh, And what happened? CSU, little brother, was going to do anything and everything in that game to try to win it. Lacerated liver, too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, Because I was just thinking back to when I was a player, and we, I mean, on on paper, we we, should have crushed CSU. But I had to score a winning touchdown my sophomore year. My junior year was a tighter game, too. So it's something about that rivalry. And I know people are using the analysis that CSU is one of the worst teams in the Mountain West. When you have a bunch of kids, and when you have Norvell who juiced those kids up. I mean, he lit those guys on fire before they went out and played that game. Um, you know, you can struggle at times. And, and, and a lot of times, too, CU didn't understand. You know, Dion even said that. We don't understand this, right? We don't what's going on here. Um, but this is a game where CU has kind of earmarked. You know, mm-hmm. this is a Pac-12 opener. I said this last week, too. I think Oregon's built like an SEC team. Uh, and, and, you know, Colorado and people are finding this out. Colorado, their pattern and want to be like an SEC team um, with a bunch of athletes on the field. So I, I think this game uh, is, is a game in which Colorado can put up over 30 points. And if that's the case, this game is going to be a close game, I believe. Um, mm. You know, I, I don't Oregon against Texas Tech. They had to deal that with 34 30 and something like that. But. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about Oregon. Okay, now this is we're going to find out how good Colorado is. I think when you go on the road and face TCU, who was in the college football playoff last year, that's a tough a game. I don't care if, if TCU is completely different than they were uh, in the matchup uh, in front of the national championship. But Oregon's one of those teams was certainly uh, with the rest of the Pac-12. Uh, they are talented, highly talented. Bo Nix, I know the full story on Bo. Uh, we'll see what Oregon's made of. I, I think that's going to be the turnaround. We're going to find out what Oregon's made of more so than what CU's made of. Are you all in with the points here on this game? Yeah, I'm going I'm to take the points. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to sprinkle a little on the money line right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Plus 625. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, just, I just want to make sure I mean, how all in we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as, as far as the Buffs winning it, I mean, I'm, I'm realistic, you know, um, from a betting standpoint. But I'm a, my rooting interest is certainly I want to yeah. see him win, right? Of course. But but no, as far as the betting standpoint, yeah, taking the points, absolutely. Will Dion, to your point about they don't understand this Colorado State, will he try to schedule Alcorn State so those kids that played for them at Jackson State <laughs> will, will understand? No, I, no, I hear you. <laughs> the, the, the only thing I worry about this game, and I, and I, and I said this number should be around 16, okay. so I'm taking the points as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My level of concern, though, is about Outson and how the games can get away from you quickly there. Those fans are right on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so loud in that atmosphere. Right. Um, that's my only level of concern because I think they can play with Oregon. Well, what, what's interesting about that is um, who better to shine a spotlight mm-hmm. on these kids than Coach Prime? And he's done that the entire offseason. 
they, they have their um, Twitter handle on their back of their jerseys <laughs> in practice. I mean, I don't know how many kids have a, has a YouTube page, right? Yeah. Half the team's got a YouTube page. They love the attention. They love that. They love the spotlight. And the fact that they were so impressive on the road, and I called a number of games uh, up at, at TCU uh, for the Mountain West back in the day and then certainly uh, throughout uh, TC when Patterson was there. And that's an intimidating place too. Um, but you're right about Otsen. You, you're right about the environment. But I don't know if that's going to shake this football team because they're so used to the spotlight each and every day because of the hard knocks ap- uh, aspect of, of what they're going through so far. Can they play fast if the crowd noise is deafening? Um, if they can't run it, they're not going to play fast. Right. Mm-hmm. Sean Lewis is going to have to adjust. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen is the ability to adjust because of Shadur Sanders letting plays develop. How many times do you, you see younger quarterbacks breaking a play down because of pressure or whatever? And so as a coordinator, you don't really get to formulate what's going on and what they're doing to the play that you're trying to call because you never really get to see it execute, execute it. But with Shadur, you do get to see that. And that's why they've been so good in the second half with adjustments that I, I think they get such a great picture of what a team is trying to defend them with that they come up with sound adjustments throughout the game. Do you think defensively they're up to the task in this game? Because we saw Colorado State, and I get that it's a rivalry game, but mm-hmm. they were moving the ball pretty much at will yeah. last Saturday night. TCU moved the ball pretty much at will. The, the only game defensively that they've looked good was against Jeff Sims in Nebraska. Are they up to the task defensively against Bo Nix and the Oregon offense? Yeah, they made a lot of mistakes defensively. I mean, the shallow cross against CSU was yeah, I mean, open. They were, they were spamming it <laughs> all game. I mean, my goodness, right? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's automatic first down. And the fact yeah. that they were running it on first down was more irritating, irritating to me. It's like, okay, here comes Shell across on first down. Uh, but they couldn't stop it. And you're right, it opened up other things down the field. They're going to correct that. I mean, I think this coaching staff is too uh, uh, smart. And they, they have the acumen to correct that with the players. Now, they're going to miss Travis, uh, obviously, um, I, I don't know if they can match up with the athletes that they have at Oregon, but they got to stop the running game. They got to slow that down. They got to limit possessions, you know, if they can. Um, if they can do that, that's why I think they got a great chance of getting inside the number. All right. Well, we'll talk more about this game, of course, coming up tomorrow, leading up to kickoff and the rest of this show as well. But let's move over to the game that is a top 10 showdown, has big college football playoff implications, and that's in South Bend, where Ohio State is taking on Notre Dame. The Buckeyes, a three and a half point road favorite, total 55 and a half. And Mike Palmer, I know this is a game that's near and dear to your heart. You'll be watching this with uh, with close eyes. I laid three with Ohio State here Ooh. and Notre Dame. Oh, the, mo- I'm gonna use the, the, no, I'm going to use the Pritch corollary here that. Colorado always struggles with Colorado State. Notre Dame never beats Ohio State, okay? They don't play that often. When they do, they don't beat them. Whether it was the Fiesta Bowl a few years ago, one of the biggest bets I made at the time, and I think I was 880 uh, in 1996, was I laid three and a half with the Buckeyes going into Notre Dame. They picked off Paulus twice. Pepe Pearson ran, ran all over him, and they dominated that game. If Notre Dame wins the game, I won't be shocked, but I'm not sure they're – I don't know how good the Ohio State quarterback mm-hmm. is, but mm-hmm. I know you can run the ball on the Notre Dame defense. That's the problem. I know they Navy Navy has no athletes. Navy never made one guy miss, ever. They ran it left. They ran it right. They ran it inside. They pitched it. They couldn't break a tackle. Yeah. And that, that's why Navy struggled in that game. You have athletes at Ohio State. Speed at all those skilled positions. Notre Dame will have a – We'll struggle with that. I don't think they can hold Ohio State under 35 or 38 points. I think that's going to be the problem. Hartman will make plays, but can he make enough mm-hmm. plays? And can he stay turnover free? I don't know. I think three is a short number for this game. 
Yeah, no, it's interesting because both teams really have a number of starters back too. And you, know, you can go back to the game last year and, and okay, Ohio State was just going to overwhelm yeah. uh, Notre Dame a little bit. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't bet the game. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you or listen to your analysis of it because uh, of uh, of your knowledge of college football and certainly Notre Dame, what's going on with them. Um, <laughs> the fact that they can't stop the run, that, that would make me nervous uh, mm-hmm. taking the points for Notre Dame. Yeah, that's... Hey, I, I just think that everything's got to go right for Notre Dame in this game okay. for them to be able to win the game. So it's not a huge bet. I bet right. more on Colorado than I did on, on Ohio State. But uh, um, well, I, here, I, and I don't usually like to bet against Notre Dame, but yeah. I just think this is a bad spot. Well, well, let me ask you this, because I feel like we kind of saw a similar game last year with Notre Dame when they invited Clemson into mm-hmm. South Bend. and question marks at quarterback for Clemson yeah. that night. I still think there's question marks at quarterback for Ohio State with mm-hmm. Kyle McCord. He played well last week, but that was Western Kentucky. This is Notre Dame. It's yeah. a little bit different of a game. Marcus Freeman as an underdog head coach. Like I feel like he's the type that will get these kids motivated to where if there is an edge to be had, maybe that's where the edge lies is Notre Dame being a home dog electric atmosphere and all that stuff against a quarterback in Kyle McCord, who quite frankly hasn't impressed me and now is going to go into a pretty tough environment. I don't know about Freeman. I mean, they, they love him. The players love him and all that. Yeah. But I mean, he went, stepped over, took over in the bowl game. He gave up 28 points to Oklahoma State in the second half. He's a defensive coach. Mm. He's get, they've got to start playing better defensively. That, that's the issue here for me. Uh, you're right about the underdog angle because they're terrible as big favorites. Yes. They never cover. He lost to Marshall. They sh- Cal could have beaten them last year. I mean, they're ridiculous. Stanford last Playing year. Playing down to the level of their competition. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they're good enough to play up to this level. Yeah. Big game for the college ball playoff implications. Big game for Heisman implications as well. Sam Hartman, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. A lot of guys that will be playing on Sundays will be playing in the game on Saturday tomorrow. We'll continue to break down tomorrow's college ball slate. When we return, this is the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code Vegas. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code Vegas. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. We're hanging out at the Circle Resort and Casino here on this football Friday. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike, Mike Pritchard here with you guys at the Circle Resort and Casino. Like I mentioned, let's continue our college football breakdowns. And this game in the ACC, I think, is rather interesting, especially when you look at the point spread. Florida State, who looked like an absolute wagon mm-hmm. on the opening weekend of the season, just dismantling LSU. Fell back a little bit, had a little bit of a kind of a sticky situation last week against Boston College, but it was the red bandana game. I guess so you can kind of, I guess, give them a pass for that one since that's always a tough spot for any team that has to go in to uh, Chestnut Hill and go ahead and play the Eagles on that day. <laughs> You're rolling your eyes here, Mike Paul. Uh, but Florida State, though, now goes to Death Valley, not at night, early game, noon kickoff, one and a half point road favorites against the Clemson Tigers, total 55. Is this one of those that it looks too good to be true to lay it with the Seminoles? Or do you think that uh, this is just too short of a number with one of the best teams in the country? Well, before that game at Chestnut Hill, I was ready to lay a field goal in this game. And I'm, I'm not going to have a preflop position because mm. I'm concerned that their defense couldn't get Boston College off the field in the fourth quarter. So it, it gives me cause for pause. Uh, I think you made a key point. This is a noon kickoff game at Death Valley. Mm. It's not an evening game. I think that benefits Florida State. I lean Florida State here. I don't think Klubnik is dynamic enough offensively for Clemson. I think Florida State might actually have the better athletes in this game, but I'm going to have to watch a few possessions to see it before I get involved because it's concerning. I mean, Holy Cross, Holy Cross got more first downs in the second half than Florida State did. <clears throat> yeah. The thing about Florida State, too, is I think turnovers could be a factor in this game. Uh, mm. Clemson's defense, and, and then you're at home. <laughs> Uh, I had the uh, opportunity to we had, we actually had a practice in the stadium when I was with the Falcons and, you know, just running down that hill. Dabo trying to pull a <laughs> hamstring running down I that mean, hill sometimes. One of these days. Yeah, he's going to pull it. He's going to pull it. But uh, the atmosphere, it, it is incredible. Uh, and, you know, Florida State, if they don't if they don't make turnovers, then I mean, I think they'll settle in. Because uh, we know Clemson's challenged offensively, but defensively they're going to get after you. Hmm. Um, if, if Florida State can settle in, though, uh, it, this is going to be an interesting game. I, I mean, I, I can't make a decision on it. That's why I haven't played it. Uh, I, there's there's scenarios out there for both sides, really. To be honest with you, I mean, um, but I, this might be Florida State's here. I mean, laying it two though on the road in this environment, what I think it's going to be like against that defense, that 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 just seems tough for me, though. Yeah, it almost feels like one of those, like, it's too good to be true if you want to lay it with Florida State. It's like, oh, they just got to win by a field goal and mm-hmm. I win my bet? Oh, mm-hmm. that's all good. And this is one of those spots, too, on the Clemson side of things where this is Clemson's last stand. 
for this season here. If they have any sort of national title type of aspirations, they fell out of the top 25 rankings after they lost to Duke on that Labor Day night there in, in, in uh, Durham to where if they want to get back into the national picture, they have to win this game. Like this is a must win game for the Clemson Tigers. And that's sort of break baked into the line as well. But I ask you guys this here, especially when it comes to Cade Klubnik, the Clemson quarterback. Like, are we sure that he is good uh-huh. or, or are we sure or, or maybe even no. the bigger question is, are we sure this Clemson offense knows what it wants to do? Because now this is back to back five star caliber quarterbacks in DJ Uwe Ungalale and Cade Klubnik. And both of those guys have looked pretty bad to where maybe this is a systemic problem and not just on the individual. Um, that's an interesting question. I haven't even thought about Femi. Um, Ungalele struggled last week too. That's, uh, yeah, that's I, true. I, I, I have to tell you, I like Washington State a lot this week. Cameron Ward to go off this game. Yep. They are flattered by CSU's performance in Boulder because they made that team look silly opening week. Um, so I think they win that game outright, catching a field goal at home on the Palouse. Yep. I, I don't know. Is is I know there's a lot of talk about is Clemson's era of dominance over now? Mm-hmm. Can Dabo ever get them back to that level? I mean, they what they made the playoff every year and and then they made the championship game what four times i mean it's incredible what he did with that program um taking it to heights i don't know i just i don't know that this quarterback is dynamic enough to make plays and yet you know what i keep thinking about clemson i keep thinking about how good deshaun watson was and how Mm -hmm. bad he is now yeah how dominant he was as a college player very good in houston as well and now I knew once they, the Pittsburgh got that fumble and, and scoop and score for a touchdown, over. I bet a money line. Yeah. I laid a big number of money line. I said, Deshaun's not leading a touchdown yeah, drive in this over. game. Yeah. He can't do it. He can't throw four passes in a row consistently enough to lead a touchdown drive and Chubb's out of the game. So I, it just it all, all goes into my formation of the program and, and where they're at and, and how good are they at coaching quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, I mean, Dabo's not in a spot where he's just going to reload year after year. I mean, he, he was fortunate to have Trevor. Uh, Lawrence mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so not finding a quarterback for what he wants to do with the system I think it starts in the trenches though with the offensive line yep. uh, because I went wire to wire with Georgia I, there, there was that showcase matchup a few years ago before mm-hmm. Georgia went on that run and, and I was just looking at Georgia and a defensive front against that makeshift offensive line for Clemson even though Clemson was all that still with, with a bunch of athletes so um, I, I think defensively though it is really is going to help Clemson uh, at this point at home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but offensively, yeah, they are scrambling uh, because they skewed it with Deshaun and, and Trevor. I mean, I, I don't know any other quarterbacks that's going to live up to that. Yeah, kind of hit the lottery with those yeah. guys' as back-to-back right. QBs there. And it's so strange to me that Clemson has these issues on the offensive line when they put so much resources into the defensive line. Like, if you can yeah. say best defensive line group in the country – Every year, it's probably Clemson. Right. But on the offensive line, it's like, oh, they can't protect. They're a little bit shaky. They don't open up holes. They don't do anything. It's so strange that they put all those resources onto one end of the trenches, but don't do it on the other end. So, yeah, I think this is shaky. Honestly, it might be square, but if I had to play this game, I would bet Florida State. I think I would. I think I have the quarterback advantage, and I just think I have, like, Florida State as well is on par talent-wise with Clemson, like from a recruiting standpoint, to where I'm just going to take the best quarterback and the quarterback that I think is not going to make the mistake. I don't trust Cade Klubnik from what I've seen this season, and that was the game to do. Like, I'm not going to let Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic all of a sudden steer me into thinking that Clemson's back. Nah, I'd lay the points, even if it's square. Sometimes it's hip to be square. We'll see what happens tomorrow afternoon. How about in Tuscaloosa, Ole Miss catching six and a half against Alabama. Jalen Milrow back at QB1 after that god-awful performance we saw last week from Tyler Buckner and the other kid at, at 
quarterback for the Crimson Tide. It's once again Jalen Milrow. Would you lay that number with the Tide, or do you think that Lane Kiffin and his guys can keep this competitive and maybe be live to pull off the upset? I don't know how you lay six when you, you can't really throw the ball. They, they, I mean, I know the weather played a factor, but only for a brief period of that game. They stopped the game, and when they came back, the weather passed. They put the cameras back in, and it wasn't the blimp view. <laughs> Where you just had, I mean, I'm watching the game. I'm just looking at that white box. Yeah. Was that a touchdown? Oh, no. Now it's third and eight. They have no idea what was going on. They, they, just, they just can't. And, and that's, that was South Florida. Yeah, they weren't blowing South them Florida. off the ball, running the ball either. Yeah. yeah. And South Florida was able to run the ball enough to control clock and shorten that game. So there's a lot of reason for concern. Um, I know Lane's in his heaven. He gets to pick at Nick all week and <laughs> all the, who's calling the plays and, and all this stuff. So I think this number's about right. At seven, I would play. Mississippi here at six, it's a no play for me, yeah. but I, it wouldn't shock me if Mississippi won this game. No, it wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm one to believe that the middle pack of, cert, of certain conferences have caught up mm. with the leaders. You know, um, there's outliers. I mean, Georgia. Except the Big Ten. Except the middle of the Big Ten has not caught up. The middle of the Big Ten has not. Yeah, but they will, though, once all these other teams yeah. come into the Big Ten, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, USC and Washington right. show up in Oregon. Quick pass in a hurry, uh, that, that conference. But you think about what the SEC is turning into and certainly what the Big 12 and, I mean, my goodness, Pac-12 is gone. But, uh, but look, at, look at it this year, though. The middle yeah. of the pack, because of the transfer portal, uh, has caught up with the leaders, uh, and, you know, sometimes you can take advantage of lines, certain numbers. You know, a year ago, this would have been double digits, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Alabama at yeah. home against, I mean, even with Lane. But no, I, I, no quarterback. I, certainly quarterback means so much. But I think the fabric of Alabama without a quarterback is so different right now. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely a larger discussion to be had about, the, especially in the SEC, about the middle pack kind of catching up because we kind of saw it last week with Georgia. I know they play UAB this week, so that's kind of one of the off-the-radar games. But, I mean, look at what South Carolina was doing against Georgia last week. And then they were kind of giving them a game for about a two, two quarters and change or so to where maybe the SEC at the top isn't as dominant as we thought it was going to be heading into this season. Right. So the comp, so I'm on the football council for the Pac-12, but right away is going to go away, right? So um, the, the discussion has been how many conference games do you schedule moving forward mm -hmm. as realignments start happening, right? I mean, how many conference games do you really want to do now? Uh, or do you still want to do these non-con and all this stuff? And, you know, conferences are, are the, the leaders of the conferences have taken advantage of non-con for so long. Uh, even SEC scheduling non-con in November, right? Before their rivalry games. Before the rivalry right games. Or a bye week even. Yeah. yeah. So uh, those those advantages are going to go away. Yeah. Well, the SEC, I think they only play about five conference games per season. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Hour number two will begin with the NFL once again here on the Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com with amex terms apply whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 